What's up, Conroe? Welcome to a brand new edition of Nerd Thug Radio. Coming at you from 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, and we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. As always, you can check out the Facebook page, facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio, or uh, just send us a message and say hi, and just tell us what you think. Uh, we're hanging out here on this Sporty Sport Thursday, and we're doing the Nerd Thug Sports thing. With me as usual, little brother Nico via Anchor. How you doing? Sports. So you're doing sports. All right. We'll come back to you later. Um yeah, man, it's been um, it's been a week. We got Rockets coverage coming up to wrap up this, today's episode of Nerd Thug Sports, and um, yeah, I mean, it's just been a lot going on here, um, which is nice. It's good to talk about. Um, yeah, last episode two... was just politics, and this one's now sports yeah. again. Finally, sports again. There's two things we really, really, really need to touch on this week. Uh, one is a, if you're a Houston, Texas fan like me, it's a good story. Um, it helps you out tremendously. And then if you're a Tom Brady fan, I also guess you love this story, I suppose. And then, um, the other story that's, that's worth talking about is in the NBA and it is what's going on in Milwaukee. What, what's going on? What's happening in Milwaukee? Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Um all right, so let's start here. Let's start let's start with this. This is the big story here. Um for the NFL. The Jacksonville Jaguars all offseason has been looking for a trade partner for Leonard Fournette. Mm. They could not find one. Um Leonard Fournette is the guy from LSU who just ran all over people in college. Ran all over people in college. I mean, there was just um, – he was on the last good LSU team before Joe Burrows. And so Little Fournette was just – I mean, just trampling people like a galloping horse. Like this guy just ran like a madman. And um, his first year in Jacksonville, he was, he was awesome. He delivered. Uh, I think around 1,300 yards rushing, uh, great numbers. Very impressive, um, and was like the guy. That all season, um, I think they were a little unhappy with his attendance for their all season programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but more importantly, he started off the year with a hamstring injury, and they just honestly they mismanaged it. Um, they kept trying to play him too soon, so every other week he would come in and play, and he would get like five or six carries. And then have to come out because the injury would get aggravated. And instead of just giving him the time to sit down and play it out, to sit down and heal it up, they kept like they just kept trying to put him out there, and it never worked. It didn't work at all. This was weird though because this was their offense. Their they, their philosophy is great defense, solid running. The problem is when Leonard Fournette's not in the game, the running isn't good enough. So they really felt like they needed to get him out there, but um, he wasn't there. He wasn't healthy. Like it just, and but they kept doing it, and that was the thing that was really. I mean, the long and short of it, it's a mistake. It's an absolute mistake, and they just kept making it over and over and over again. And I, it's like a lot of people don't understand. Like once your player gets injured, it's like they're not themselves. They're not going to be 100%. You can't have them out there like that. 
Yeah, you can't send him out to hurt. There's some guys, like offensive linemen, probably play hurt most of the year, and I get it. You can't do that with running backs. Well, and especially not somebody like Leonard Fournette. The other thing is he came in a little bit heavier, um, and they sort of thought they sort of felt like he wasn't he wasn't exactly the same shape he was the first year. And I'm not going to say out of shape because I don't believe he was out of shape. They said he was overweight. I think he probably put on muscle to try and absorb the beating because he knew that they were going to give him the ball another 120 times. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't matter though because he didn't get he, first half of the season he barely played. Um, and I had him on my fantasy team, and he was he was killing me because every week it was a last minute decision: will he play? Won't he play? And then the weeks he did play, it didn't matter. Finally, they just he he sat down for like three weeks to heal, and then when he came back, he finished the year okay. But also in that time, they started to get mad at him. He missed a, a training session because of that. They suspended him, or they gave him a punishment of some kind. And then because of the punishment, they then de guaranteed his money on the last two years of his deal. Ooh, and that to me is the tipping point. When you go after a player's money, now you've now you're the trust is broken. Like player and franchise can now no longer communicate. Um, and so yeah, essentially from there it was all like last year was a mess. He was running okay, but they just weren't happy with him. Enter into the offseason, they want to dump him for whatever reason, and I don't necessarily agree with it at all. How dare you get hurt and then not be 100% and then continue to not be 100% because we keep playing you? Well, listen, franchises aren't going to sit around and say that they screwed up. So if there's ever a problem, I know, I know that. they're going to blame just, the I know that. It's just funny how how little it makes sense when you step back from it. Oh, yeah. When you say it out loud, it doesn't like, – the team almost always sounds stupid when you say it out loud. Almost always. But in these instances, it's not like they're ever going to turn around and go, do you think we're, you think we're overplaying this? No. No, they're not going to do that. Um, Absolutely not. And so, yeah, sure enough, they couldn't find a single trade partner, allegedly. And so they have now waived Leonard Fournette, making him a free agent. Good for him? Um... It's too late in the offseason to get, like, a huge money deal. There's nobody right now who's going to turn around and give, like, a $150 million contract to Leonard Fournette. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's not that's probably not what he's expecting, honestly. Uh, he, he probably he... needs to rehab his image a little bit. Um, the rumor mill is that immediately he told his agent, hey, let's see if we can get Tampa Bay on the phone. All right. Uh, which would give Tom Brady the a top five running back in the league plus two top 15 receivers in the league. Like, oh my God, tools should have known. Right. All of a sudden, Tom Brady's got people all around him who can really make plays with the ball, and suddenly the pressure's off. Um, so we'll see what happens there. I kind of feel like that's where he winds up going is Tampa Bay, which suddenly – Here's the thing. I don't really 100% buy into the Tom Brady Tampa Bay setup. Um, Jameis Winston threw downfield a ton. That's why he got hit so much. That's why there were so many interceptions. He threw downfield all the time. 
I mean, he also had 50% accuracy at 100% blindness, so... True. That's a good point. Like, so much there. So much to unpack. But Tom Brady has one of the quickest releases in the NFL. He doesn't hold the ball long enough for plays to grow 30 yards downfield. He is going to hike it, look for his first option. The second he's got an open guy, he's going to throw the ball because Tom Brady doesn't take hits. That's how he makes it in the NFL. That's how he's played for 9,000 years. Correct. That's how you get to be 41, 40, what is it, 42? Whatever he is. That's how you get there in the NFL, by throwing the ball right away. So I don't really know that I buy the Mike Evans, Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski. They're just going to throw, 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 throw. But adding Leonard Fournette suddenly makes that a little bit more believable. Because if Leonard Fournette can run 20 times a game and get, you know, 110 yards, 115 yards on carries, and then you start play action it, you know, you start faking the run plays, you start making the defense freeze the linebackers, suddenly that buys you an extra second or two in the pocket, and now you can start throwing a little bit further down the field, and suddenly I start buying into the Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski, Tom Brady connection. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a guy like Leonard Fournette validates Tom Brady's ability to hold the ball a little bit longer than he did in New England. New England never had a running game uh, of any real consistency. They would finish a game with like 90 rushing yards, but it would be five different running backs doing it in weird combinations and never you never knew who was going to be your guy rushing in New England for any real time or yardage. One year they had a guy, uh, I think his last name was Gray, completely undrafted, just signed off the street and he played in like five games for like 600 yards and then never like, and then just went away. (laughs) Um, And like, they do this. Shout out to that guy. They just do this all the time. I'm exaggerating a little bit. I mean, he's still, I think he actually signed with the Patriots for a couple more years after that, but like the reality was no one ever heard of him, and then since then it isn't like he's been repeat blowing it up. Like, it's not – it's just they're very inconsistent in their running game. They have, like, five running backs. One of them will get it done or they'll give the ball to someone else. So, you know, and they just keep cycling until they find a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's just never had the ability to hold the ball that long. Now in Tampa Bay, Tom Brady might be able to do that if he's got Leonard Fournette. I mean – Leonard Fournette's a genuine threat to run up field on every play. He breaks yeah. off long runs. And so there's there's just suddenly that offense looks a little more real to me. And then suddenly we are somewhere where this yeah. is possible. We're entering yeah. a new era. Tom Brady, not in the Patriots. Is he a good quarterback? We'll find out. Well, and it's like how crappy is it to judge it on on a guy's like forty second? You know what I'm saying? Like at forty two years old, now we're gonna decide if he's a good quarterback or not. Like he obviously is good, six Super Bowls, three Super Bowl MVPs. Like he obviously knows what he's doing. But I, yeah, we're not saying he's bad. It's just that is he? Oh, there are is definitely he a, people saying he's bad. And oh, there a, and there was a chance for this year in Tampa to be a bit of a mess. But I if they can get Leonard. Yeah, if Leonard Fournette winds up in Tampa Bay, I think that chance goes down significantly. I think that chance goes way down. 
Um, the other guy out there that's just kind of there's two other guys, two other weirdos. Uh, Antonio Brown, the NFL has decided he's going to be giving an, given an eight game suspension if he signed with the team. So there's We're a bunch still of... talking about this. How many years later? Oh, <laughs> well, this is now that he has a suspension, and now teams know what they're getting. The idea is, if you can sign him cheap, then week nine, a top ten wide receiver joins your team in the middle of the season. That's kind of a big deal. Um, and allegedly, Geno Smith and Russell Wilson down in Seattle are banging down the doors. Banging down the doors. <laughs> they want Antonio Brown in the receiving core. Now, the Seattle's never known for having a great receiving core. Um, this would immediately make this probably the best receiving core they have ever in Seattle, at least during the Russell Wilson era. Um, and so that would be exciting for them for sure. Uh, now, what would it take to make that work? Well, Antonio Brown would have to have his head screwed on straight, and I don't know if that's possible or not. Um, so you have to be a person for like. Right. Remember when he was in the Patriots for like a game? One game had a touchdown, five catches, eighty yards of the touchdown. One game. Then they sent him home because he might have sent threatening messages to someone who might have been accusing him of rape. Maybe. He really did throw that career so fast. From Pittsburgh to nowhere, real quick. Real quick. Had a bunch Didn't of money he... sitting there in Oakland. Yeah, he went from the Raiders to Pittsburgh. Or was it was it Pittsburgh to Raiders to, to, to nowhere? Yeah. Had a bunch of money sitting there in Oakland and didn't even didn't even get it done. Uh New England actually settled with him for cap space. So he got a little bit of money here recently, I think. I believe I heard that. New England, know. New England needed cap space, so they settled a bunch of open like things. I think even including like the Aaron Hernandez stuff, because they needed like they needed the cap space from the finality. Once everything's done, there's paperwork they can turn in. They get like some money back, kind of stuff. What a weird system! It just is. It just is. They needed the waiver turned in to get like cap rebate on lost time, sort of a thing. We couldn't spend the money two years ago because of that, so now we get a rebate back because now it turns out we didn't owe that money kind of a thing. That's so dumb. It's like if a lawyer does your taxes. That's already a nightmare. <laughs> and uh, Jadavion Clowney, still a free agent. Ooh. According to people uh, on TV, I'm just going to rip off and tell the story. Allegedly, he turned down $18 million from Cleveland very early on in the process because he thought he was worth 22 23 somewhere in that range. And now he's getting offers in the 12 to 14 range, and the 18 is gone from the table. Yeah. I mean, look, this is just the classic deal or no deal meme. Sometimes you don't know if you have the million-dollar case and you're – Sometimes you're just so stalwart that you have it that uh, you turn down offers that clearly are good. Well, and a lot of people are like, is this a bad agent deal? Is this like blah, blah, blah? But apparently just Javian Clowney is Javian Clowney. He just... Um, he says 20, they go 12, and he's like, nope. 
Yeah, pretty much. It's it's like negotiating with uh, the Texas Hammer. When he shows up, he's like, "I want a million dollars," and they're like, "Well, we'll give you two hundred thousand." He's like, "I need a million dollars," and you're like, "Well, no, <laughs> that's it. That's that's the whole Jadavian Clowney negotiating process, apparently." Um, and the problem is, as prolific as a couple years have been, the other years have been so bad. Yeah, and you know he's he's not he's not the youngest guy. He has had a lot of injuries. He just hasn't completed a season for a while. And last year he he finished the season hurt, and also Seattle wasn't good, and he wasn't good. Yeah, he had a great game. His like first game there was like amazing, and then everything after that wasn't great. Yeah, you're you're right. I think he had I think he several ta- I think a touchdown and a couple tackles for loss, like week one or week two with Seattle. And then, yeah, and everyone was like, oh, we, we missed out on this guy. And then it was just all downhill from there. Right. And it wound up going nowhere. And that's kind of unfortunate for him. I think he finished the year with six sacks. But, like, no one – I think all of Seattle finished with, like, 20 or something like that. So, like, the defensive line just sucked. And, uh, unfortunately, he was a part of that unit. And if you're on a bad team, like, it, it reflects on you just as much as everyone else. Uh, so you can't leave a bad team and start demanding twenty plus million dollars. Yeah, like I'm clearly the only reason that team wasn't even worse. It's like right. well, it doesn't really bode well. It was as good as it was when it wasn't. Um. That being said, we're gonna jump out to a break. When we come back, we got more nerd thug sports coming your way. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. Hey, Conroe, this is Corey TLG of Nerd Thug Radio, hanging out here, just enjoying my quarantine time at home, and I hope everyone else is doing the same, social distancing and minding their manners and listening to the orders while we get all this health stuff, health crisis straightened out and get this pandemic under control. I hope everyone's doing their part to flatten the curve, but doing their part also means supporting small businesses. Local businesses here in Conroe, uh, restaurants, things of that nature that have been able to stay open, they require the support of their community, so take out... Uh, is a good option to do. So reach out to those places, order some takeout food if you can afford it and if it's reasonable. Uh, I'm not asking anyone to risk their health, but this, the community has always relied on the, itself to support itself. And this is one of those times where as Conroe, we can stand up together and take care of small businesses and entrepreneurs who have been taking care of us this whole time, helping Montgomery County grow into one of the fastest growing counties in all of America. Uh, thank you very much and stay safe. and Stay tuned for more Nerd Thug Radio. This is Rudy Townjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Sports, right here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations. And we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. As always, you can check us out on Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Sports. And, um... Yeah, we're doing pretty good here this day on this Sporty Sport Thursday. How about you, little brother Nico? You doing okay? I'm doing sports. Doing sports. Listen, um, 
congratulations on doing sports, man. Proud of you. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, by the way. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. It is, in fact, my birthday. Yep. Uh, All lap dances and nude photos directed to my personal account. Uh, Yeah. I mean, filled with uh, angry college fans, but, you know, it's fine. (laughs) It's the one thing I don't miss at all. College football (laughs) fans are the worst. I mean, there's just no getting around it. Look, college sports are the worst. We can confirm this by legal evidence. <laughs> and uh, their fans aren't much better. And I hate to say like a whole group of fans, but seriously, if you follow college sports, you are part of the problem. Right. Uh, and now, like, we're not talking about people who are like, oh, I, I caught the college game on a Tuesday afternoon. We're talking, I donate to the program and I love this university with all of my heart. Right. I only paid $100,000 to it to get an education, which I did not use. I guess I'll tell this. So, for me, the story, uh, it became obvious how awful college sports can be. Um, So, last year, for the whole year, I rode for Sports Map Houston. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was a great, it was a fun gig. We had a great time. We did a lot of interesting stuff with it. And as I sat there and wrote and worked on stuff with them, one of the, some of the interesting things that we were, uh, one of the things I was doing was I was covering college sports. Um, and it, I had been writing for them forever. I mean, for, for a whole calendar year. By the time we got to college sports, the second half of 2019, I've been writing for them for seven months, eight months at this point. And I predicted um, Auburn and Florida were playing, and I said that Florida's been bad, and they had been bad. Uh, and Auburn should beat them. But Auburn is up and down, so it'll be close, but I think Auburn's going to win. It's basically how I left it. Well, Florida fans exploded into my email box um, and just were awful. They were just the worst. It was impressive how upset they were with me. And then after having these crazy Twitter arguments where they're trying to justify how good the Florida athletes are, which, by the way, they're not, um... Then we're sitting there talking about it some more, and <laughs> one of them finally just went the extra step. First of all, they're just the most angry emails I've ever gotten was was calling the outcome of this game. Like I've written stuff about all like movies and all kinds of other stuff. I've talked about wrestling. I covered all kinds of things. This was the most anger that I'd seen at all. Um, so then we're sitting. <laughs> I start getting these emails from these different like bulk email things. And it turns out someone took my email address and submitted it to every chain letter, every news company, every news agency that they could find, except they submitted my name as a bunch of slurs. Yeah. Real classy. So the emails were coming in saying, Mr. N word, F word, uh, gaze of America. Thanks for signing up for Carvana. Like, <laughs> it was terrible. Uh, they signed me up for a ton of stuff. And uh, the prank itself is good. The execution's a little cheesy with all the slurs. Like, that's just mentally lazy. It would have been funnier if they had a... Uh, like, Florida State fan or yeah, something. Yeah, or, like, put the score. Because it turns out I was wrong. Florida won the game. So the funnier thing would have been putting the score. Yeah. But instead, they 
just put hate speech. And uh, yeah, that's what makes college sports fans the worst. Is like the biggest <laughs> amount of traction, the biggest amount of interaction was all coming from this darn uh, outcome that I was predicting. It was the worst. It was just the worst. And we're not even going to get me started on the uh, NCAA being the worst organization literally on the face of the planet. And all voluntary. I love it. Yeah. That's my favorite part is it's all voluntary. They have to volunteer yeah, like, to, to, to submit themselves to this sort of torture. Like, why? Because it's, you know, the right thing to do. Wrong. Okay. <laughs> um, so right now the NBA playoffs are going on. Mm-hmm. The Milwaukee Bucks are the one seed in the East. They are the best team in the East. They're not dealing with any injuries. They don't have anybody out. No one important. Their top players are all healthy. Okay, the guys that are they've okay. invested in are here and they're playing in the playoffs. Giannis Antetokounmpo is supposed to be one of the best players in the league. The Greek Freak. He's the second coming of LeBron James. He's the third coming of Michael Jordan. He is. He is all that is future basketball. They see several MVP honors in this guy's future. They think he is everything that you could want in an NBA player. Okay? Okay. All right. They're in round two. They're playing the Miami Heat, which is a team that was just kind of, first of all, it was drafting in the in the lottery for last year's draft and was also just kind of building through trades and stuff throughout the year. They were the surprise team who got Jimmy Butler uh, when he left last year. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of out of the blue for him to want they were like, oh, what's Jimmy Butler going to do? He was eligible for a max, and he got a sign-and-trade max deal to go to Miami, and that was his doing. He made that deal happen. Um, Ooh. Miami is now up two games against Milwaukee. What happened? They are just hustling. They are shooting. They are defending. They are giving Milwaukee troubles. Uh, Giannis can't get it done alone and the other guys are just not stepping up and very quickly there was um there was one guy on espn radio who said people were like oh what's your weird prediction and he was like i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a really good one he was like miami and milwaukee meet in the second round and miami beats milwaukee and this is like early first round Mm -hmm. and uh yeah, so far he's on pace. Yeah, two games up. It's yeah. pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, Jimmy Butler's a gamer and, he, and a strong defender, and he he also has had trouble in his other destinations because apparently he just demands and expects players to perform and teams to try. And as dumb as it sounds, teams don't like to do those things. I just want to be played. I just want to play professional basketball for fun, dude. I ain't trying to do this as my job. Right. So apparently when he was in, um, I think it was Philadelphia, he was butting heads a little bit with the younger players because he was pushing them. He, he expected them to be good. Uh, that wasn't happening every day. Uh, and so he was getting mad at the coaches for not for not being harder on the players. He was getting frustrated with the organization that they weren't putting expectations on the players. There's a lot of interesting things in the dynamic that was kind of happening there. But I mean, like that that's exactly what you want in an organization. Uh it is and it isn't. 
And, and, and here's what I mean by that. Uh, in Washington, John Wall is the Wizards. He is the Wizards. He leads the Wizards. Mm-hmm. One thing that was in his scouting report when he was getting drafted was John Wall will not tolerate people who are okay with losing. So if you take him, you take him knowing that he will not be okay with losing. On paper, that sounds great. In reality, the NBA is 82 games. Yeah. The record for wins is 60-something. You're going to lose a four, like 20% of your games. You're going to lose them. You're probably going to lose 30% of your games. You might lose 40% of your games. Still be in the playoffs and still have opportunities. The NBA is a marathon, not a sprint. And there are certain builds that over time become too troublesome. Right. The Washington Wizards have never been able to turn the corner into a great franchise, and I think part of that is because on the day-to-day, it just gets draining when guys like John Wall are just harping all the time because eventually you turn on them, right? Like it's one thing when someone's like, Hey, we got to do better. We got to do better. We got to do better. Mm-hmm. But then eventually it becomes, Hey, we got to do better. We got to do better. We gotta... And someone just finally says, what do you do here? Right. I'm trying as hard as I can. Right. Maybe I'm not good enough, but neither are you. Right. And that becomes the bigger issue with the, with the, some, with certain players and with franchises. Now, if Jimmy Butler wins and gets the ring this year in Miami, Hey man, he can he can challenge and push all he wants, but if it doesn't work out that way, I don't know. I don't know. Well, as they are currently yeah. flexing on Milwaukee here, who is the crown prince of the East? Now that LeBron left, people were literally saying it's not Toronto, it's it's Minnesota. Minnesota, Milwaukee. I'm sorry, it's Milwaukee. The Bucks. Milwaukee. Minnesota. Minnesota's the Timberwolves. But it's more fun to say Minnesota. This is Minnesota. That was and and Jimmy Butler started last season in Minnesota, and didn't like it there. Yeah. See, look, we started in Minnesota and we get here and we smash Milwaukee. Easy. Right. He got traded from Minnesota to Philadelphia very early on because it was not working in Minnesota. So then people were like, Philly can't afford to sign Jimmy Butler. So where's he going to get his max deal from? And that's when Jimmy Butler was like, you guys need to get me to Miami. And that's what happened. As a variety of rappers and Mr. Worldwide said, get me to Miami. (laughs) Listen, Will Smith is the only reason everyone's even there. So, The only reason we're living in this millennia anyways. We live in the millennium. We live in the millennium. We are in the shadow of greatness, and greatness's name is Will Smith. Um, But yeah, I'm excited. For Jimmy Butler, I think this is I think this not a lot of times do you see somebody do something like this that pays off right away. Um, yeah, usually it's like, oh, this guy's good, but he's coming to a franchise that's not like all the way put together. <laughs> right. And Miami wasn't all the way put together. Now, one thing about Miami that I always like is they are aggressive in their roster building and they have a great history. Pat Riley's the president, and I think he's got something like twelve rings as a player, as a coach. As a GM, as a president, like he builds winners, he wins. Um, this is the team that that 
they've turned themselves into a contender with Dwayne Wade and a bunch of help, and then they go and get Shaq and they become a champion. Like this is a team, this is a franchise that recognizes when they're close that they need to make big moves. And so maybe Jimmy Butler was the big move that either gets them close or gets them there. Seems to be doing a good job so far. Absolutely. And either way, we obviously didn't give them enough credit in the beginning for that move. Because I didn't think Jimmy Butler was the move. I didn't think that was the I didn't think that was the move that was going to solve anything for them. But inevitably it wound up that it was. Um, I think even on our show, I think I said this is I, it's not important. Um, yeah, and we were wrong. We were wrong. Now let me ask you this: as we um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Rockets next segment here on the show, but this season with everything going on, if whoever wins, someone's gonna win. Someone's gonna win the title. Do you put an asterisk next to this year's championship? Uh, no, not this year's. You don't? No, because we played most of the season. Like we're we were only okay. we're only All missing right. a few games, and there were there's a lot of playoff games, and you know, it's not like these teams are really any different. It's just the season was just a little bit shorter than normal. Um, it'd be different if it was like two thirds of the season. So, okay, so, like, are you going to put an asterisk on the baseball season? Absolutely. Really? Yeah, I think this year is going to be a nightmare for baseball. One, because it's terrible, and two, um, just, like, all of the weird decisions they've made and the fact that nothing's consistent, yeah. like, like, until, un- unless yeah, this season of baseball lasts they... two years, like, there's no way, like, 60 games, nowhere near the level teams taking off several weeks like this is going to be a nightmare for like every baseball statistician on the planet yeah i still don't know what they've decided to do about like the cardinals missed two weeks of play so 10 12 games whatever it is i think it was 12 like let's say they're seven games out obviously they have to make them up but like let's say they're 20 games out do they still make them up? Yeah, like, you know what I mean. Like, Twenty games out of sixty, you know, you've already missed a third of the season, right? Well, no, no, no. I mean, so they owe twelve games, mm-hmm. right? Because they they had to postpone twelve. So let's say at the end of this season, where every other team has played the sixty-five or sixty or whatever it is, the Cardinals still owe twelve games. So, so a couple teams are missing a few games, but the Cardinals are twenty games out. Yeah. So playing these games don't change anything for the Cardinals. Right. Like it, it's just a nightmare. Do they play these games? And even if they don't, like and twelve games is a lot. They only played forty plus games for the whole year. Right. Like what does that do to that roster's stats? Like the development of the players. That's not even enough at bats. Like for the bat, they talk about. So when um when the Arizona Cardinals drafted the the kid the the Oklahoma quarterback. Uh, I'm blanking on his name now, but he was a baseball player as well. Oh, right, yeah, the, the double threat guy. Yeah, and the scouts were already talking about, in baseball, because he played football, he was already like 1,200 at-bats off schedule. Which is insane so, to me, but... Right. So imagine now, even for these pro players who played this season... But they played 40 games, 50 games, 65 games. 
They're not on schedule. Nowhere close. No, they're nowhere close. Spring so, baseball is about 7,000 games a year. Right, right. Kyle something. God, what is the kid's name? Oh, God. Second year in the league now. I don't even know now. I don't know. It's going gonna, it's gonna to bother me. You'll remember mind. later. Don't worry. I'll look it up over the break. That's what I'll do. But uh, but I just – I really think that it's kind of interesting to me. The, these seasons are different, vastly different. And how are we going to view these seasons? Like, if Milwaukee gets eliminated and the Lakers uh, win, are the LeBron haters going to be able to say that, oh, this doesn't count? They're going to say it, but everyone's going to say whatever, dude. You know. Yeah, yeah, someone's always going to say it, but I guess my question is, is it valid to say it? Right, well, it's like saying that, like, Houston Astros aren't World Series champions. Or they didn't deserve to win because they right. cheated. And listen, I'm willing to listen to the they didn't deserve to win because they cheated argument. My biggest thing is their best performances were on the road in the playoffs. So, even if you don't believe their story, which is they didn't cheat in the playoffs, still the best outcomes for them were all on the road. So, it does it's kind of irrelevant. Right. And even in this last World Series, again, all the best, literally both teams. Oh, that's right. Everybody won. Exactly. Yeah, no, you can't argue it. You really can't. And so to me, yeah, I just, I feel like I'm willing to hear the argument, but it's not valid. Right. The LeBron thing, I'm curious to see what's going to happen this this year, depending on who wins, but also just, are they going to asterisk this season? Like, let's say the Rockets win. Every time the Rockets walk around, are people going to go, oh, well, yeah, they won, but it was the lock-in season? Uh, probably, but again, much like everyone who doubts Houston sports, they can get over themselves. That's true. Uh, and did they win? We'll talk about that here in this next segment as they are facing Game 7, and we will cover it all for you after this break. We're going to jump out to a break. Nerd Thug Sports. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. Hey, Conros, this is Corey TLG of Nerd Thug Radio, hanging out here, just enjoying my quarantine time at home, and I hope everyone else is doing the same, social distancing and minding their manners and listening to the orders while we get all this health stuff, health crisis straightened out and get this pandemic under control. I hope everyone's doing their part to flatten the curve, but doing their part also means supporting small businesses. Local businesses here in Conroe, uh, restaurants, things of that nature that have been able to stay open, they require the support of their community, so takeouts. Uh, is a good option to do. So reach out to those places, order some takeout food if you can afford it and if it's reasonable. Uh, I'm not asking anyone to risk their health, but this, the community has always relied on the, itself to support itself. And this is one of those times where as Conroe, we can stand up together and take care of small businesses and entrepreneurs who've been taking care of us this whole time, helping Montgomery County grow into one of the fastest growing counties in all of America. Uh, thank you very much and stay safe. and Stay tuned for more Nerd Thug Radio. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio.
Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio, right here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, and we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Uh, wrapping up this segment, before we get into everything else, we talked about we would mention The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. Uh, little Brother Nico, go ahead and take it away. All right, The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more is open, and they're still at full operating hours. You do have to wear a mask if you want to come to the store, but if you want to be a little bit safe... Uh, they still have uh, curbside and other things available. Uh, free comic book summer is still going. This is like we're coming down to the very end of the summer. That's right. September 15th. September 15th. Uh, so we're almost out. Uh, but, you know, if you still want to come to the store, you can still get your free comic book stuff. Get your little passport. Get you some free loyalty points. That'll be a good time. They got some more events going. They still got their miniature Monday still going on. So head on down to the inventory begins, comics games and more. Wonderful staff, fantastic store, clean, family friendly, wonderful place. You got your comic books on the store. They got Corey's book on there. <laughs> That's right. My book is on the shelves that's available for purchase. Um, but yeah, so get in there. They uh, they keep my books on hold. They can set up a box for you. You have your pull box going. Uh, gaming, um, all kinds of different stuff going on. The adventure begins, comics, games, and more right there on 1488. Make sure to stop by, say hello, and uh, come hang out because they are a good time and a good place to be. Um, yeah, so we, 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 we talked around it all day, but I guess let's get into it here. The Rockets did, in fact, win game seven against, I guess, like their new arch rival, the Chris Paul led Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, <laughs> the series has been a frustrating one. We talked about it at the very beginning of the series. A lot of people were like, oh, uh, no Russell Westbrook. I don't know. Like, I don't know how this will go. Like, this is kind of interesting, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's it, The teams are super even without Russell Westbrook. Uh, and the series did flop back and forth. Uh, I guess I didn't give Oklahoma City enough credit because I didn't really see it as being this even. Um, but a lot of that is just I, Chris Paul played great again and still. Um we probably bailed on the Chris Paul thing probably one year too early, but we did get Russell Westbrook, who's a couple years younger in a similar contract. Um, and so overall, we probably got a little bit better uh, as a team overall. Now, that being said, this playoffs is weird, and now we have the Lakers up next. And the Lakers haven't looked great. Um, and we have been playing good team defense there's a chance that we can disrupt what's going on, but overall, I don't like our chances against LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Um, I think I think in their final game, they combined for 80 points. Uh, Yikes. Against Portland. Uh, so if the two of them put up 80, they only need 30 points from the other 10 guys wearing Laker jerseys. Um, and they're likely to get it. Because a couple of those guys are going to score about 8 to 12 points. So they're going to... The, the hard part is you basically have to pick one guy, LeBron James or Anthony Davis, and you just have to completely ignore him defensively. Let him do whatever they want to you. Just Okay, that's fine. LeBron's going to score every time he goes out on the court. Fine. But then you have to max defense the other four guys on the court and just harass and harass and harass to the point where no one else can play effectively. And hopefully you keep the Lakers under – under a hundred, um, mm-hmm. 
but I, I mean, I don't know. We, you know, we, I think we only won 104, 102 last night. So it's not like we're, yeah. we're blowing up scoreboards anyway. Um, so overall, it's going to be a, an interesting series, but as we bury this Rockets Thunder series, let's talk about a couple things real quick. The Thunder are a team clearly planning for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe next year they'll be in the playoffs again, and then I don't think it, I don't think we'll hear the Thunder. I don't think we'll hear from the Thunder for a couple years after that. They still have a couple guys under contract. I think Chris Paul has like two or three more years, but I think they'll move him again. Uh, probably he's probably earned himself a trade somewhere again this off season. Um, someone else will say, "Hey, you know, three years, a hundred million dollars, but that guy still is balling. I, I think we could try that." Somebody who somebody looking for a veteran to put around their young guys will probably reach out to them, um, and if they get draft picks for it, I kind of feel like the uh, the Thunder will do it because that's basically all they want. Their draft picks start accumulating next off season, so then over the next like nine years, they have uh, like thirteen picks, twelve picks, something like that. Jesus, um, it's it's a gross number. They got, I believe, they got four first rounders for uh, for sending uh, for sending the other guy to the Clippers for sending uh, Paul George to the Clippers. PG PG thirteen. Um, love terrible names like that. He's he's and he wasn't even like it was. The people who have praised him rely strictly on analytics. And the people who criticize him rely strictly on watching him play. Um, <laughs> the, the they were in a game seven to when he was still a Thunder. This okay, the, the game seven of the last year of his last deal before the Thunder could offer him the max money. Okay, mm-hmm. in the first three quarters and in the first seven minutes of the fourth quarter, he had zero points of a game seven. Oh, I remember the story. <laughs> they then in the offseason offer him a max deal. Yeah. I, I, I don't have any words for that. Like, that to me is the start of the decline of the Thunder right there. It's a I, good time. I bet they would have liked to have had one other good player on that team. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but instead, well, I mean, now, they, now they got money. like, yeah, now they have 20 billion draft picks. Right. They gave him max money a year later. Uh, everyone's unhappy. They're not. They kind of acknowledge that this team, as it's built, isn't going to win. Uh, Paul George asked to go to the Clippers. They dump him. Then Russell Westbrook says, "Well, if you're going to move him, I wouldn't mind leaving." And they then move him for picks. Like none of this, none of this happens like, two years earlier. You don't give max money to a guy with zero points in Game Seven. Yeah, that I think is just. Nine. He, he, I mean, he finished the game with like hardly any points either. Yeah, he finished, I think, with like seven or eight. Yeah. Really <laughs> so it's not even like he, he turned it around. In the, yeah. In the last seven minutes, he scored 30 points. It's like, no. No. He yeah. Like, or like 10. he made like some gross, like three minutes of like just the best basketball you've ever played and they won. First of all, they lost the game. Second of all, they lost bad. Third of all, at the end of the game, he only has eight points. Like, I mean, it, none of it's redeemable. And it's just, but he's Paul George. And so there's a weird thing about him where he's. That is that is definitely called resting on your laurels, man. Right. Well, he in apparent, <sighs> he's not viewed as a stats player. 
Okay. So like, like he doesn't, he does play great defense. I, I, I'm not going to deny him that. Uh, and he can defend just about anybody in the league. Well, I'm, I'm, I want to give him full credit. This is me being as fair as possible. Um, but the flip side of that, like, yes, he gets a plus minus. That's usually a, a good number. He's usually like a plus 20 or something like that, which is great. That's a good, that's a very good number. But the flip side of that is this is a guy who, if he takes 15 shots, he might make six. And like, like, it's not good. Man. No, it's not. And he's, he's not a rebounder. He's not a stealer. Like, I don't know. Well, I'm, plays good defense. Max money. Uh, and he is listen, he's energy and he's effort and he's hustle. And those are all things you want in a max player, but those are all ingredients you want in all your players. Right. So, yay? Like, I don't know. I don't, it's Paul George. I don't, I'm not in love with him as a player. I'm not in love with the value he gets assigned. I'm just not in love with any of it. Um, so anyway, he's gone. He's a Clipper now. And now the Lakers have the Rockets coming to town. Well, to the bubble. Um, also, the league, this is something that needs to be discussed. And this needs to be discussed more in depth at some future date. Scott Foster is the head of officiating for this crew that they use. He was the head referee, head judge, whatever they want to call it for the NBA, um, for this game. The thing of it is, is Chris Paul and James Harden both have gotten to issue after issue after issue with Scott Foster. Um, he has thrown both of them out of games needlessly. They've had beef with him. They've complained by name about him. And neither one of these guys typically name referees when they complain. Chris Paul is a bit of a complainer. Uh, still one of my favorite players in the league, but a bit of a complainer. James Harden never goes after the referees in the locker room. He's, I mean, he's not, listen, they all do it occasionally. But it's not in what – James Harden doesn't typically complain about refereeing because usually he gets 20 foul calls a game. Um, yeah, he has complained about Scott Foster by name numerous times. Scott Foster, when officiating for Rockets, the Rockets have lost seven playoff games in a row when Scott Foster was the referee. Chris Paul has lost eight in a row. The Thunder had lost 13 in a row when Scott Foster was the referee, the head referee. Wow. There's no business for Scott Foster to referee game seven of Rockets Thunder. And any game that was decided by two points, there is a point of controversy where he called a delay of game at halftime towards the end of the first half on Chris Paul directly. And Chris Paul, um, after the game, made some comments. He was asked about it, and he essentially explained he doesn't know why it was called. He doesn't think it should have been called. And... He called. He mentioned Scott Foster by name, and then he goes, "I know I'm going to get fined because I said his name. There's nothing I can do about it now, but there's no reason. Like it's, it was just a mess. It was a mess. And yeah, so that's wonderful. Yeah, that's something that needs to get addressed. They have had a problem with Scott Foster forever, uh, the Rockets specifically, but also there's a couple other guys. Like Scott Foster doesn't have a great. It's not like he's in great standing with the rest of the league, and the Rockets just can't get along with this guy. Um. It's time to address the Scott Foster thing. Um, there was a time when there were certain players who just couldn't be refereed by certain people. We've actually discussed Scott Foster before on the show. Uh, and I know that because I remember us mentioning the Tim Duncan story 
with the really old referee, the old ball guy, Jimmy Crawford, who once mm-hmm. threw Tim Duncan out of a game while for, for laughing from the bench. Yeah. And there's there's some people that are just Well, it wound up getting criticized. It wound up getting like the call that technically was the foul or whatever was overturned by the league. Uh, for a little while, Joey Crawford didn't call Spurs games after that. It was it was a long time before Joey Crawford called another Spurs game. Um, and that probably wasn't on accident. Um, <laughs> overall, I just think that there's it's, it's time for the league to address the Scott Foster issue. And I know that they don't want to set a precedent where they go, well, the Rockets can't be wrecked by Scott Foster because they don't like the calls, blah, blah, blah. But you've got to do something when you've got a guy that nobody can – when it seems obvious that even now that Chris Paul's on another team, he still doesn't like dealing with, with Scott Foster. Right. He left and he's still getting absolutely thrashed. Now, there was a game earlier in the season that I want to give full credit to. Uh, you know, we want to be fair about it. Scott Foster actually won a game for the Thunder. Uh, I, that's not really fair to say it, but we'll say it that way anyway, just for the sake of this conversation. Chris Paul pointed out that a player that was being substituted in walked onto the court with his jersey untucked, which is technically a delay of game during free throws. When you walk onto the court, you have to be all tucked in, ready to play. Mm -hmm. Scott Foster was the head referee. It's a technical foul because they'd already been warned delay of game previously. So a technical foul gets a free throw. It's It's the end of the fourth. There's like seven seconds left in the whole game, and the Thunder are down like four or something. So Chris Paul gets the technical. Chris Paul points at the guy and says, ah, that's a delay game, delay game. That's a, that's a shot. That's a shot. And Scott Foster actually correctly calls it. Delay a game, technical foul, already warned. So the Thunder gets to shoot a free throw. They shoot the free throw. Now they're down three. The the They go back to shoot the other free throws. They miss them. Thunder takes timeout, inbound, shoot a three to take to overtime. Okay, but it's like I feel like that's not. I just like, want to give him his credit. I know I, I agree with what you're going to say. I just want to give him his credit. I like I understand that, but like it's clearly someone else pointing it out and being like, "Oh yeah, it's different enough." If he like, "Oh, he called it," and and like Chris Paul was like, "Oh, sick." Right, right. No, no. Chris Paul was on it. Like the second the guy stepped foot on the court and was tucking his jersey, Chris Paul was already yelling, "Like that's a delay game, delay game." <laughs> Which, by the way, way to be rules guy, Chris Paul. Way to be rules guy. Um, I mean, you take the we we take those. Hey, you take the W's how you can get them in sports, man, for sure. But he did at least call it. He could have ignored it. Like he doesn't like Chris Paul, apparently. I mean, that's what it seems like. So I mean, there it would have been just as easy for him to just swallow the whistle. And even as Chris Paul's yelling at him, he could have just looked at Chris and said, "That's enough. I call what I call." No one could stop that. I mean, that's true. But at that point, like. He didn't want to make the optics probably look that bad. I mean, someone's clearly in violation, and he's like, "Well, listen, let me make it real. I'm just gonna ignore you. If I don't like Chris Paul, and this might help Chris Paul, I might not call it. But that's why I'm not a referee. Exactly. I'll be honest. I'd have money on the game. Chris, look, the spread was five. I need him to make this shot anyway. So shut up. (laughs) Um, on that illegal note, uh, I am 37 today. It is my birthday. Um, we've been doing Nerd Thug Radio for four years. Uh, we've been having a great time with everything. I want to thank everybody. 
Um, on behalf of Little Brother Nico and myself, and on behalf of Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and more, same Nerd Thug time, same Nerd Thug channel. Uh, stay safe, stay friendly, stay clean, stay helpful, stay kind. Uh, enjoy yourselves. Try and find a reason to smile in these hard days. Uh, fight the power. Black Lives Matter. Thank you, guys.